Welcome, everybody. This is the It's All Film and Games podcast, and today we have a very special episode. So in previous episodes, we uh, made it a point that at some point we were going to bring on some special guests. And today, our special guest is Emmeline Good. Emmeline, yay, yay Emmeline. Give it up, everyone. Say, say something. Come on. Hi, everyone. It's nice to be here. Woo! I really do. No, I am a huge fan of um, all of you guys, obviously, and this podcast in general. So I'm just really happy to be here. Yep. If you could, Emmeline, just briefly, could you rank maybe who you're the biggest fans of on the podcast? We would just yeah. like to hear where we all stand so far. Yeah, no, Sam's definitely my least favorite. <laughs> Keeping up yeah, with okay. the, we, of the We podcast. can keep it that. Yeah. That, w- that wasn't planned. That means you've been listening. That yeah, I have been. I have yeah, been. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's that. That's that yeah, seems guys, to be the consensus. So Emmeline is my roommate. She's actually filming on in the room right behind me. And today, Emmeline has brought three of her favorite movies. Three movies she's very passionate about. And and we're gonna go through each one and kind of talk about them. So hopefully, the, this keeps up the trend of us bringing some of our dear friends on this podcast because it'll it'll help uh liven up some conversation so with that emmeline what are the three movies you brought for us today yes so the three movies we are going to be talking about on this podcast are little women the 2019 version yes god yes and water lilies um so I figured a good good starting point would be with Little Women. Um, I definitely would say it's the most critically acclaimed of the three movies. So I kind of just wanted to to bring this one up first and just get the conversation going on it, and then and then see where it goes from there. Yeah, let's do it. So well, so basically, I, I I was just gonna say real quick, can we, uh, can we get a, a general like overview consensus from from everyone who's watched this move these movies on our our impressions of them like right off the bat well i i'd want our impressions actually to be about emmeline like what oh, do we think about yeah. emmeline off the rip maybe yes. like i think if we're really gonna make this the emmeline episode i think we'll say emmeline <laughs> a great fit today we're very you're definitely the most stylish of the yes. of the four of us so far she Yep. All right. So, so we've got a a late straggler here. Uh, Samir just decided to join us. Um, <laughs> but at, at least it was late like straggler. Th- yeah, three three minutes into the <laughs> the introduction. But uh, yeah. So continuing, we were just giving some general impressions of of Emmeline, and Emmeline is. I mean, we we started. Can I? I, I have a story. You have, you have a story. <laughs> Already, right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What's your um, story? Well, it's not. It's not really a even story. A story. We haven't done uh, those yet. What it is is that when I first joined this podcast, right, these cool film bros were like, "Hey, make a letterbox account." So oh. I go on this website and I make this thing, <laughs> this thing that everyone's calling a letterbox account, and I'm like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> I had this one ready. I was. So like, you're wasted oh. no time bringing this so, up. This is like a social discovery app. Like, how does this work? Oh, it's just probably like Twitter. Like, I just go on one of my friends' profiles and I go and add people I know. So, I I think I went on Sam's or Corey. I I I, I think it might have been Sam's. So I went. Now scrolling, I was like, oh okay. 
uh, there goes Donald Kerr, there goes blah, 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 and I added everyone, and I added uh, our lovely guest, Emline Good, as well, and I didn't get a follow back, and I was like, hmm, <laughs> all right, well, maybe, maybe, don't take maybe it personally, will... <laughs> don't take it personally, maybe, whoa, wait, 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 there's more, maybe I will unfollow, <laughs> and then follow, dear listeners, this cycle happened for seven weeks in a row. I would unfollow and then follow. No unfollow way. And, then follow. and finally, <laughs> two days before our guest episode, maybe it was a, a couple days earlier, she decides to follow me. So this is a really major win for me because I've been going for this since the start of this podcast. So even if this podcast turns to shit and nothing comes of it, all I know is Emmeline Good now follows me on Letterboxd, and I have someone to share my opinions with. So. You know what? I love sharing opinions. Someone that matters. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. There, and, and there we have it. If there's it. one thing, it's, we do love opinions here. It's funny, because the one night... Um, so Emmeline, going off our impressions, is phenomenal, and she's my movie buddy. And we were watching watching a movie, and I'm pretty sure it was right after, and I go... You know, Samir's been trying to follow you on Letterboxd <laughs> for the longest time. I've not accepted it. So many people. <laughs> and I'm not even gonna defend myself. You got. You got to just... earn. You got to earn my follow. That's all I got to wow. say. Wow, Samir, okay. it looks like you I'm didn't glad, earn the follow. Hey, I'm, I'm glad I've earned it. So that's it's a big wow. Win. Yeah, like I finally little victories. We're very, pr- we're very <laughs> proud of you, Samir. Thank you. Snaps to that. Snaps to that. Snaps, snaps to that. Snaps. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and start talking about the first movie. That is the uh, it was the 2019 Little Women, directed by Greta Gerwig. So, huh. Emmeline, would you want to go ahead and introduce introduce this? Yeah, movie? yeah, I'd love to. Um, so Little Women is based off of a book written by Louisa May Alcott in 1868. Um, I think a really important note about even just the story of this movie is understanding the time period that it takes place. Um, so 1868, you know, a feminist book. That's that's pretty that's pretty good. Um, but basically, there's been a lot of adaptations of this film. But the most recent one is the Greta Gerwig version in 2019. And I think a good place to start with talking about this movie is the timeline of the film, because I think it has taken a lot of different adaptations. You know, there's a 1994 version with and, and by timeline, Rider. timeline, you mean timeline like, of the like, movie. like, like, I guess, like couldn't... the way the way the, yeah. the narrative plays, mm-hmm. like the narration. Correct, correct. I think it's a huge Greta Gerwig did a lot of playing with the timeline when she put this movie out. And so I I know I talked to Dane as soon as he finished the movie and he kind of expressed a little bit of not confusion, but just a little questioning on the timeline. And I'm literally I'm just I'm just curious to hear everyone's takes on on the timeline when you first watched it, if you've watched it again, you know, what you're what you're kind of thinking about that. So I'll classic Dane just being confused. Listen, right? right guys. He's so silly. I, I, he do, just, re- I he do remember. Get no, it. He just no, doesn't he get doesn't. it. Emmeline. <laughs> no, I I do remember when this movie came out. That being a big um talking. Emmeline was the so that confusion people had. Emmeline in here saying I was confused. I wasn't confused. 
Well, explain I, to me what you were. I had, That's what I'm looking for. It, it was one of my critiques of the movie. I was not a huge fan of the the timeline jumping, going from the past uh, to the present, and ultimately, where the my main critique comes in is with spoiler for a <gasps> very Beth old, dies? for a very old story is Beth's death. Um, and for wow. me, the timeline and how the movie plays Wait, out. Wait, I didn't get to that part yet, Dane. Shut up. Yeah, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> come on, guys. Come on, come on. Um, so I, I thought the way the movie plays out in that scene where Beth is dying, I think visually it was really interesting, the jumping back and forth from the past and the present. However, I do think a lot of the emotional beats were kind of, uh, muddled so the one thing i will just kind of a personal anecdote is i grew up on this story i have watched the 1994 version of little women multiple times um my mom actually had four kids because of the little women story she wanted wow really what'd you say that's like ultimate stan culture like imagine (laughs) if like (laughs) it is like imagine if you like watched harry potter and you had like twins because you loved like fred and yeah. george weasley so or, much. or the people who named their kid Daenerys, um oh and then god, quickly yeah. regretted that by the end of game yeah. of thrones oh god there's gonna be some really poorly adjusted kids that were named after game of thrones characters total side oh. point though back to you emily yeah, once but anyways once i see Daenerys in class or something it's gonna be over yeah, that's bull- bully. I hope material. you're not still in class by the time Daenerys is there. <laughs> Samir, you really gotta uh, graduate. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> My name is uh, Rhaegar Smith. Like seeing that shit. <laughs> um, sorry. Totally like, back, back to no. Yeah, back okay. to- so in preparation for for doing this podcast, I actually read a lot of the original book by Louisa May Alcott. Um, just because, you know, the story again was a part of my growing up. And so I think it's interesting what Dane mentions about the death scene, because I think standing alone, if you're watching this film, yes, a lot of the emotion is taken out of Beth's passing. But my point is that if you understand the story, I found those scenes to be very emotional. And when Joe walks down the stairs and goes into Marmy's arms in the kitchen and hugs her, I felt all of the emotions. I I cried, I think. <laughs> I think, yeah, Emmeline, I think you bring up a really crucial point about this movie, um, which is that it's kind of made for a viewer like you. Like it's it's not completely inaccessible. I mean, I think I would I would I think it's safe to say the four of us didn't have like a deep uh understanding of little women prior and we still obviously were able to follow the film. But I do think the the nonlinear narrative and just this just the pacing of the film like this film really moves at a pretty brisk pace um and it doesn't really spend a lot of time introducing its characters mm-hmm. um it is kind of made to be like i like i think it seems like it's greta gerwig saying i also grew up loving this story i currently love this story and this is like my tribute to this story for like a new generation it's, which it's is fine take, which it's is her all, authorship. All, all, i think right, it's beautiful right which is great but um, i i do think it kind of hurts the film as an like as far as like standing, I kind of di- disagree I... though, because like I'm fr- like I like you guys didn't have like a great understanding of. I knew all I knew. Beth dies. That's like the only thing I knew about <laughs> Little Women before I came into the movie. 
Um, but I actually really liked the brisk pacing of it. I think that was one of my favorite things about it. Is it just like, I find period pieces to be a little meandery and slow at times. And this one is just, it's very snappy. Like it goes from scene to scene. And I actually didn't have a that hard of a time understanding what was going on. <laughs> I think my, yeah. we'll get into it, but I think my <laughs> my overall gripes with it I find some characters are specifically way more well-written and more interesting than others. And the way that Little Women was originally written and how almost all adaptations are, is it's very, I guess it delves into like like a little 15-minute storyline of each character and goes back and it's it's all going through. And I guess for me, there's just times where other certain 15-minute segments specifically with Florence Pugh, are just so significantly <laughs> more interesting than other 15-minute segments. That, that's just I mean, him, obviously Florence Pugh is the best part of That's just him standing Florence Pugh. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. <laughs> I, we, yeah. I, think, I think we're all yeah. in agreement there. Yeah, Florence yeah, Pugh I, is the yeah, best part of this sure. movie. But it's got... Does anybody want to make a case for another character? As the, what? Yeah, oh, she's so good in Midsummer. Yeah, it's a fantastic cast, too. And I don't discredit the actresses that are playing. Like, Emma Watson is a good actress she just plays a, a really boring character yeah. frankly and yeah. that's i mean yeah i, th- I actually i, I, I still movie. stand by this yeah bob odenkirk yeah love him which which that kind of gets it like what i find what i did want to bring up about this movie as it relates to the casting all of the the different actors you just mentioned is to me it's like little women is part of this like broader development we've seen in in period pieces as you mentioned sam where a lot of period pieces lately have been trying to lean into that kind of snappy, more contemporary kind of kind of writing. Little Women, I think, is a little more committed to um, to feeling like a story of old. It's not yeah. it's not like the favorite or um, the great you or know, Emma, uh, as you always Dickinson, like to talk about. Or Emma, or, yeah, I love bringing up Emma. You're so annoying. You knew I was going to reference it. Um, little, it, it's not it's not like that, but that's almost. I don't I don't want to say it's to its detriment to its detriment because it's not, but I do think. That certain actors in this film, um, Emma Watson is one of them, but especially Timothy Chalamet, I think is the biggest culprit of this. Uh, Tim Tim don't really I love don't him. really understand oh what movie they're playing. Chalamet, yeah, can we? Okay, can we like? Yeah, I know we, out. you know, kind of unrelated, but can I, we like maybe I think, for two minutes? I think talk Timothy about how attractive Timothy Chalamet. No, is we don't get movie. two minutes of that. <laughs> okay, I never mind. We don't have to talk. Yeah, this is never mind. No. <laughs> like, like, look, I, I'm not gonna be that. I'm not gonna be like the one guy in America that tells you Timothy Chalamet is not not a good actor because because he is. But I do think that he he's not like he doesn't have this like insane range that we're we all act like he's like our this like generational I would talent. Of, I, I mean, would he, kind of agree with Corey on that. Okay, one. haters. He, he play he plays like a specific <laughs> kind of character, and it, he was very good at that character in Lady Bird, and he was very good at that character in Calling by Your Name. But now here, like when he's this is like Civil War era. Like he, it just doesn't feel believable to me. Like he, he does. I don't think he understands the kind of movie that he's playing in. And I think he's by far the weakest part of this movie. I, but here's here's my counterpoint though. Ooh, oh, I, I, the last the thing I want to say really quick is because Samir brought up Bob Odenkirk. There's something about the, the like the same idea. Like Bob Odenkirk appearing in this movie. Don't get me wrong. I love the guy. It just feels like there's like a weird friction there between his. Like you can't cast a guy like Bob Odenkirk anymore without understanding the the external attachments you're bringing in, you know? And I just feel like this movie kind of ends up in a no man's land with some of those casting choices. So the one thing I will, the one thing I will mention that is 
in the movie that was not in any of the other adaptations, not in the book, um, which I think standing alone really added to the drama and the romance of the film, but to me kind of felt like a little bit, it's a critique I have is spoiler i guess i'm supposed to say that but when she just say it when she writes the letter to so when she has a conversation with marmy her mother and she writes this letter like oh i would say yes to him if he got back together if he came back here and he wanted to marry me i would say yes i'm so lonely and i'm so in grieving mode because beth just had passed away and that was her companion energy And she wrote that letter to Timothy and she put it in the mailbox and then he came back and she, and he was already married to her younger sister. Whoa, crazy. Um, But anyways, I just think that was something that she definitely added to the movie that I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear your takes on that. Like, what did you guys feel in those moments? Did you like it? Did you like that? She kind of would grovel back to him in a sort of way or what what do you think? I I, I was kind of, um, I don't want to say let down, but a little, yeah, a little bit disappointed. I was disappointed. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Because <laughs> she, she spends the whole movie and I'm assuming it's how it is in the book being a person who is like, I, I don't need Lori. I don't need whoever. She's being a woman and she's being independent. Yes. Is what she's yes. being. So, so in, yeah, the, yeah, in, in those moments, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't, I don't think this nec- necessarily fits with her just like accepting the fact that she's like oh i i i need to get married that's what it seemed like because like she spends the whole movie saying like i don't want to get married and then she has this moment where she talks about Lori, where i think it might have been more effective to just leave that out and her eventually just find what's his name Francois, no. What is his name? Friedrich Bear, oh, my Friedrich. German love. Um, at, yeah, at the end, you of the can movie. talk about how handsome he is too. Oh, oh everyone yeah, in the, everyone in this movie is is gorgeous, is especially Bob Odenkirk. Oh. He is quite the looker. Well, the well most handsome, real quick, yeah. real quick too. I do think we kind of. Well, Dade, I dis- Can I just say I disagree with the point you just made? Okay. I like. I like actually. I really like that part where the the part where she expresses her self doubt about the marriage. Because obviously Joe exists, I mean, she was, I mean, part of the reason why Little Women is such a famous book in general is in a large part because of Joe. That it's the one of the first like truly independent women characters we ever got in American literature. Um, You know, a sign of like, I'm going to do my own thing. There's been really interesting pieces talking about like her sexuality and like what she represents in terms of gender as well. But I think it's really interesting that she also feels like the societal pressure mm-hmm. to just conform. Yeah, I, yeah. And that I, I agree if that. if she's just this purely rebellious character, that's, you know, that is interesting. But I actually find the fact that she's expressing self-doubt in her rebelliousness and her unwillingness to, you know, prescribe to social norms at the time as one of the more interesting dynamics yeah. with the movie. Oh. It's vulnerable. Yeah. It's vulnerable. I, de- yeah. I definitely agree with that because if now, now that I'm, you said that I'm kind of thinking about it. If, if it would have just been the path that I said, where there's no um, like internal conversation about her marrying Lori, I think that, that definitely would have been less interesting. It, it definitely shows some more, uh, 
of like Joe's dynamic nature. Um, and and real quick too, because I feel like Emmeline didn't get to give her thoughts um fully when we were talking about performances, but um, Emmeline, what? were your yes, thoughts <laughs> on on like Timothy Chalamet's performance, um Florence Pugh's performance, all, all that. Yeah. Um so I think when I originally watched the movie, I saw it in theaters um with my parents and I Yeah, I think so. And I you know the one one real gripe I had with it is I don't really like when actresses age in movies and they don't do it well and I don't know if I'm going to say that they didn't do it super well, but I I just feel like her young performance, the way that she acted was great, but to me, it was just kind of hard to believe her young, like Amy's are young we performance. About Sir Sh- are we talking no, about no, no, Saoirse no. Ronan no. or Florence Pugh? I'm talking about, I'm I'm Florence, talking about Pugh. Florence Pugh. I think she goes wow. from having bangs to not having bangs, and I'm kind of just yeah. like, that's no just bangs. not really, that's just really not enough for me. I think she acted incredibly, so I, well, I don't think that's the her perform. I mean, that's that's like what we keep coming back to. Is, like, design. I think that's kind of Greta Gerwig realizing she has to add these like little indicators of the timeline, and that is where yeah. some of the confusion has come in. I agree. It might not. It's kind of like a corny yeah. indicator, yeah. but I, it and is. And so an I indicator. think when 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 Amy gets older, I think the more believable performance of Amy's character, Florence Pugh's character, is when she's older. And so I think it, when Timothy Chalamet, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they're in the garden together. That's um, my favorite scene. Yeah, I love that Laurie, scene. So good. And, sh- and she throws down her, she showed him this picture of the first day she met that guy who's so irrelevant. He just had money or whatever. Um, <laughs> she met that guy at the beach and, you know, they're coming back and they're, she's like, I've loved you this entire time and I will, I don't want to be second to Joe. I think their performances in the second half of the movie, particularly particularly Florence Pugh's, were flawless. Um, yeah. Well, I guess not second half of the movie, right? That's the timeline's yeah, a little bit like muddled. Three, but yeah. her older her older persona definitely for me hit more home. And I think Timothy Chalamet throughout the film um, is he's just perfect. So I'm sorry, it's hard to <laughs> critique. Well, like <laughs> I I do think that's interesting with Florence Pugh because we were talking about like the the movie being more. Um, I guess having a, a modern take on on the the tale, and I thought that Florence Pugh was the most like modern performance. I'm because like she's cracking more. I don't want to say cracking jokes, but she's definitely more of like the tongue and cheek. Yeah, like tongue tongue and cheek jokes where kind of like the the joke is emphasized on uh is emphasized within its context of like the 1800s um and just like her delivery of lines and stuff well like that. if you think about what kind of her ideals where they fall that she wants to be a lady of society yeah she wants to have all of these these great things and she wanted to go to france and rome and she really she really just wanted to become a woman of society from a young age you know what i mean so i think it's really important to understand that part of her character and and i think i'm like could you correct me if i'm wrong but isn't like amy's character in the book one of the more like less i guess universally liked characters and yet her character in the movie i would say is almost universally 
the most well-liked character in, so, in this adaptation. I wanted to bring it back to kind of the point we made a little bit earlier. I forget who made it, but mentioning how different relationships are emphasized in this movie and how some kind of like Beth and, and Emma Watson's character are kind of like left to just hang there and they're kind of more support supporting roles. Um, but in the 1994 version, I don't know if any of you guys watched that. No. Okay. So in that, in that version, I would definitely argue that Amy's character is a little bit more unlikable. Um, you know, I just, when she's younger, she's played by Kirsten Dunst. And then when she's older, she's like a new, she's played by a completely new actress, which I think definitely made sense for the timeline. But I, yeah, I would definitely argue that she probably is the least liked character of the four sisters, in my opinion, hmm. at least. That's interesting that that um, Greta Gerwig wrote it that way then, because like I think I and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I was talking with my sister who also like loved this book growing up, and she said that like of all the characters that needed like kind of a 21st century century revitalization. Amy's character probably needed it the most. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think she yeah. got it in this version too. I do. I also do think she did. Yeah. But again, I think that has more to do with Florence Pugh's performance than it necessarily does the script. I mean, the script still does kind of cast her as the a little more like like self-centered and materialistic. I mean, yeah, but um, I think when the turning when the turning point happens and you know when when she is older and and she's acting, you know, she has that entire scene in the, in the painting studio. Um, where she's like, I, I just, I, I, women can't make money. So I have to marry rich. She has yeah. that realization with Lori and she's like, I'm not good for anything materially. I, I, I can't make money. There's nothing I can do. And if I could, maybe I would, but, but who's to say I don't have the option to. So I think, yeah. I, I mean, I, de I definitely don't necessarily agree with you, Corey, in the way that the script was written. I, I do think that she definitely, definitely did a little bit of a 180 when she, when she got, a, when she got older. Another huge scene and moment of the movie is when she burns Joe's yeah. book. Very, a, a very... She's spicy. <laughs> like, yeah, I forgot about that. that gut was a gut spicy reaction moment. type situation. Um, well, we, we're approaching almost the half hour mark. We got like, can I can I just briefly talk about Beth as a character so I can Please. be the villain once again? Please. Okay. So I I yes. like Sam's been hammering this talking point since he's seen I'm this. Right. Yeah. So I I've been talking about this he's gonna since say. I since I watched, and like we talked about how the <laughs> Beth scene had like little emotional weight. And here's my thesis for you, statement: for you. is because Beth sucks ass as a character, and I will explain. See? So now. Like this is my this is my point is that Beth is a literal is just a symbol. She is just a symbol of like. Aren't they all symbols though? Is no, not, like not really, because I think there's nuance to both Joe and Amy's characters. You know, maybe lesser to the other extent, but like I think Beth is so one note, and frankly, like the limitations with the movie, like as Samir was talking about, how it's an adaptation. Like, my my gripes with the movie mostly just come with my gripes of the book, which is that, like... Have you Beth, read the book? No, but I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna... As a man, I'm just gonna speak about something that I haven't read and I have no liberty to talk about. So, I, I just find that, like, Beth's... At least in the movie, I just find Beth to be, like, 
too perfect. Like, there's no bite to her. There's no... She doesn't feel human to me. Mm. So when she dies, like, yeah, it's sad because it affects the other characters. But I can't say that I have, like, this emotional investment to Beth as all... She just plays piano and is is, is nice. Well, like, yeah, okay, well, so that's, the one thing... I, I want to put my thoughts because I also... I agree with Sam. And I I thought, like, the piano stuff was a very tender moment. But when it came to Beth's death, like, I... It was more of just, like, a way to to drive the plot. At least in this rendition of the movie. Because... I mean, all the emotion comes from the people who are watching her die. Like, I didn't necessarily have too much emotional attachment to Beth. So when she died, I was like, all right, Beth's dead. She got the fever again. <laughs> yeah, they sort of telegraphed. So I just feel like they Dane the villain it. continues on to another episode. That's crazy. All right. Well, wait, wait, wait. So I, I, I have a super Emeline's quick thought. Go ahead. I have a super quick interjection. Everyone's on their computer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone, Google. Two seconds. Just Google Beth Little Woman. I have something to share. Just Google it. <laughs> is it a story okay. about Emmeline not following you back on... Uh... <laughs> it is not for once. So if you Google Beth Little Woman, it says Books Little Woman, and then it says Fictional Universe, Marvel Universe. I think she just stumbled upon the fact that Beth may be an MCU <laughs> character. Look at it. It says Wait, why Marvel Universe. Why does it say that? Wait, wait, hold on. Because she's an MCU character, apparently. Le- I-, I just this Googled is... it, and I was like, what? Beth is the little Dang. women in, our... in the MCU? Let's, is that let's true? Here. Let's see here. Where's, where's it say this? As our Heroes like... Wiki? God, everything's in the fucking MCU. Yeah, why is it on Heroes Wiki? Wait, hold on. So that while what? you guys are looking that up, I'm just, I'm just going to put my... <laughs> while we talk about MCU, Emily's going to actually MCU, talk about the I'm movie. I'm actually going to interject and talk about something else. Yeah. Well, not something else. It's related. But <laughs> I... I adore Beth. I, I I adore them all for their for their goods and their bads, the pros and the cons. Um but I just I so there's a scene in the 1994 version um that is so so deeply emotional. Um and I don't, you know, it's it's they just they portray it differently. So I completely agree on what you guys are talking about. And it's kind of hard for me because I know the story and to me it made me emotional, but I can understand as for a first time viewer of this film by Greta Gerwig, that it's not, she did, she did take out some of the emotion on that character. But the other thing I will mention is when I was reading the book, it talks a lot about her social anxiety, which I don't know if you want to, if you guys had any takes on that, but she is kind of the house mice, mouse, whatever. She really stays close to home, even walking and going to the neighbors, miss to, Mr. Lawrence's house to play the piano was such a huge, huge move for her character. And I, maybe she didn't, Greta Gerwig didn't portray it as well, but I think even the scenes where she, she goes into the house and she gives him a hug right after she gets the piano, Mr. Lawrence, she's deeply afraid of that character. And you can see it at, from her performance. Um, I do wish I did see a little bit more of that, but I, I, I just love her character. It's kind of hard for me not to. But. That's a good. Co- that's good context. I wish. I wish. The, uh, I guess my point would then be. I wish this adaptation had kind yeah. of shown that a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think that would have made it. That. I would have made it a little All right. Because right, I, I think. I think they do sort of telegraph her um, death. Yeah, I agree. I mean, everyone knows what's going to happen. It's not like a question. As no, but to like, why. I, I didn't. I didn't come in knowing Beth dies so much as I just saw the 
like they they clearly establish her as kind of like the the last sister. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but that's she's how kind she of establishes like least... herself. Even when their father, right, is away, I... Even when Marmy's away taking care of their father, she's like, we we need to go take care of this family, and we need they they have no blankets. She is so generous to the point that it kills her. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and, well, uh, guys, I th- I, again, well, I think that speaks to the symbol say, kind of. Um, we should probably like move on to the next movie, but real quick, I found out why it comes up as Mar- Marvel <laughs> Universe. An MCU. Oh and it's God. not, it's yeah, not let's, episode let's get the that we get Emmeline on to talk about women movies. We somehow made it about the MCU. No, listen, so. <laughs> Samir so, made it about the MCU. So it's, it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I, it, this is why I'm you don't deserve a follow, Samir. All right, guys. So it's, it's I didn't not. Know she's going to snatch it back. It's not related to the MCU, but it is related to Marvel. And I'm going to give credit to CheatSheet.com right here. So there is a comic uh, arc where Deadpool goes throughout different timelines and he visits significant literary works. And in one, uh, he does it really. And in one of the comics, he show he does shows he up Beth? to the house with the March sisters. And the the reason why Little Women was chosen is because it says that Little Women had a lot of influence in the creation of characters like Black Widow, Elektra, Mockingbird, and She-Hulk. But wow. it, it, Who known that? in the comic book, it I'm pretty sure Deadpool shows up. All the sisters beat the shit out of him, and in order for him to, <laughs> for him, and so he escapes by leaving an an explosive device in the house, and I'm pretty sure that it blows up. <laughs> oh my Yo, god! That is so fucked well, up. But uh, that is that's a, that yeah, is that's that's what awesome. I found. That was that deserves an adaptation. That, that was deserves a, a film adaptation. Side, yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad oh we made that yeah, discovery. <laughs> I, I'm looking for Ryan Reynolds. That's the Reynolds. greatest crossover episode yeah. since when the Fairy Odd Parents and Jimmy Neutron got together. Right? If that oh, if up. that doesn't pop up in Deadpool three, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm writing. Um, all right, yeah. guys. All right, star ratings. Oh yeah, star rating. Yeah. Right? I thought we we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just wrap it. Yeah. So Emily, we should go with you. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna go, go with a four point five. I'll go next. Okay. Uh, I give it a three point okay. five in general. In general, I liked it uh, a good amount. I thought it, I th- it's very watchable. That was so watchable. rapid fire. Good job. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, you said it, not me, Emmeline. I'll give it a three out of five. I think it's just solid. Same thing again. I uh, I saw this in theaters with my sister, and at that moment, my opinion hasn't changed. Uh, I give it a three. I think it's a solid movie. Yeah. God, I love um, that Samir and I don't know how to do rapid fire anything. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to be rapid fire either, but after watching, uh, right off the bat, I gave it a four out of five, but after like sitting on it for a while, I think I fall more on, on Sam's side. I'd give it a 3.5 because it oh, overall, I thought it was a really be- good movie, but there were some things. It's that just I, deeply personal to me. Yeah. It's deeply personal. Um. Point five bump from the MCU. Uh, honestly, right? yeah, dude. If I ever, if I ever, dude, alternate alternate timeline, Deadpool gives Beth Scarlet Fever. Um, that would be crazy. I would love to see that uh, that Speaking adaptation. Speaking on different universes, I feel like we should head to our Yes God Yes discussion. Um, Ooh, because I remember Emmeline taking over my host role. Emmeline's the professional. <laughs> wow. Yes God. Listen, Yes God Yes is a 2020. Um, movie directed by Karen Maine, and it was directed, it was greenlit after a short 
film. But the reason that was my transition is because in Sam's letterbox review, he mentions that if this was a different (laughs) world, it would have been received a little bit better. And so I'm a little curious what what you have to say about that, Sam. Oh, wait, wait, wait. that that was a very because uh, literal interpretation of mine. Mine was yeah. Mine, <laughs> my review was essentially, um, this could have been a good film, but the the final film that we were given was not very good. Okay, interesting. I, Hold on. But I, Wait, you know, that, I am glad you you gave me more credit. That actually would have been a really interesting point by me. They're gonna movie. shit on so, it so hard, and I'm so can, glad we're companions. Can, can I go first so we can do the positives and then the negatives? I kind of want to add. Okay. I want to end on a positive yeah. note. So can we actually do the negatives first, oh. and then we'll wrap it up? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, I can so say po- can, I can say I can positives, say positives about the movie. Too. I don't think. I don't Corey, think can you? I can't. So. Corey can't. Corey <laughs> can't. <laughs> Corey, let's hear what you have to say. Um, so wait, let's give a, no, can we just give like, a little context. So this movie is about a character played by Natalia Dyer, who is, you guys probably famously know her from Stranger Things. Um, she is a sexually repressed girl in a Catholic school who wants to masturbate. So Corey, take it away. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> perfect segue. Yeah, there's a, to the resident masturbation like a lot. expert. That's a great that's a, transition. <laughs> Let, like, let's go right, to Corey. Uh, Corey on masturbation. Who knows the most um, about it? Okay, Corey. Okay, Corey. I, I actually think it's funny that we started we started with a Greta Gerwig film tonight because um I almost like can't fathom. I'm like, really I'm, I want to hear your answer to this at some point. I'm line like, what it is that about this specific film that draws you in and not like its infinitely better version, which is Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird. Like a, just a much more fleshed out, coherent story, like actual story. There, like we, I made a joke before we even began recording tonight. Sam was pretending to explain what movies are, saying there's a beginning, a middle, an end. Um, this <laughs> film has no events. It has no characters. Like every every character in this movie, if you can even call them that, is kind of just like a oh mouthpiece to like to to like um to like get the point, the message of the movie across. One of the hardest things in storytelling is to is to explain why something is happening at a certain time, right? Like, like that's you know that's true for any movie ever. It's like why is this happening now? And this movie is I've never felt like a more glaring example of when like that's like that question has has arisen. Like, like like we we, we begin the film uh, with Natalia Dyer's character, who by the way she is one of just several terrible actresses in this. I mean. There is not a good performance in this movie. I, I tend um, to agree. I, I never thought she was very good in Stranger Things, but I thought she's really bad in this. Like, I don't think anyone's I good agree. in this movie. But yeah, so her character, <laughs> the movie begins, and and she's learning about like the her uh, the you know Catholicism's view on female masturbation. Their view on masturbation. sexual sex Masturba- in general. Yeah, sex in yeah. general. Like sex, that's sex the sex and, education yeah. in this film. Abstinence right. only type stuff. And, and even in that moment, like like it's. As if she's now she's heard this for the first time, like she's never heard this before, and everything that ensues throughout the rest of the movie is as if um, she's never heard of or thought about any any of this before. And it just to me, it just doesn't coalesce as something believable, as something uh, insightful. Like like what is like? There's really no insight here beyond like like this is what Catholicism believes, and it kind of sucks. Yeah, I totally agree, but like. Let's reckon with that yeah. a little bit. Like, why are some of these kids still so drawn to the church? I think that's kind of fascinating. You know, why does you she want to talk feel about this? To- like this- uh, 
I, no, I, 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 I agree. But let's reckon with well, all of these. Wait, things. can I just? Like, I just I want to real quick. What, just Emily, throw... get in off the top what? rope. Just lay it on to Corey. Well, well. Oh, but my my one positive is that Shine by Collective Souls an all time great song. Before Emmeline destroys you, let me just like warm Corey up a little bit. Okay, are you good with that? Is he a microwave um, oven though? Is it, that ooh, what he is? I, I can vent yes, the convection oven or is he Okay. I Corey, would you I like promise to... nothing will nothing uh, will change my temperature. He's a toaster. But one thing I will say, like with Corey, where I where I kinda disagree with you is that um I don't think it's going for an insight in the way that you're thinking about it. Like I think this movie is just meant to be like, oh well, this is a sort of coming of age story in this setting with this group of people and like obviously like um like I, i've had friends that went to catholic school that were describing it like i haven't gone through it personally but still like it's that thing where it's so specific it's relatable like with any good art like in some way i felt like i could like feel that uh relatability to this which is so weird for me to say but like i think that like because it's so specific it really nails down i guess the concrete details of its environment and it's not, I don't think, trying to say anything. It's just trying to tell its story. And I think it does that um, fine. Um, so what I will say. Well, I mean, like, yeah, sure. We'll, 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 like, like, Emmeline, Emmeline, go ahead. Oh, thank sure. you, Samir. Thank you. If anything, I felt this movie was was lost between maybe being some kind of, like, serious, low, lo-fi type drama and also acting like it's fucking, like, American Pie. Dude, like, it, it, it no, really I, that's, that's didn't have an idea. It didn't know what's identity. That's All right, it. let's get Emily. Let's yeah, get Emily. Yes, you shall. You shall. Okay, so I'm going to start this off with a little preface of my background because I think that'll give the, the, the listeners a little bit more of a deep appreciation of where I'm coming from. So my parents are very religious um, and I grew up, I didn't grow up in a Catholic school, but I grew up going to church, whether it be for youth group, Sunday service, Sunday school, like three times a week. Um, and three so, times a week? Yeah, it was, it was, I was, Holy I was deeply, shit. I was deeply embedded in this culture. And so that's why I think it, it, wow. it, it really hits me to a personal note. Mm-hmm. But where I'm going to segue to now is my review of this movie on Letterboxd. I'm going to read it word for word. In high school, people called me Abstaline, a clever combination of my name, Emmeline, and the word abstinent, while they simultaneously over-sexualized my body. So I, people used to call me Abstaline in high school because per my religion, per kind of my environment growing up, I swore I was going to be abstinent. Um, It was kind of, I was, I mean, I'm vocal about everything. So it's kind of hard for me not to be vocal about anything. And and people knew this about me. (laughs) Um, My friends photoshopped my head on the Virgin Mary, even though they were all also virgins. Um, It was, it was just a really, it was a, it was a really interesting experience for me. And simultaneously what was happening is I was being called a whore for the clothes I was wearing. Um, I was told my dress wasn't long enough to go to Sunday school or go to church. Um, And I was also like just uh, just a lot of I'm sure like we can all understand how high Mm -hmm. schoolers are when they're in high school. Um, So just just a lot of a lot of. A lot of interesting um, experiences. And so when I, I think when Corey was asking why this like really struck a chord with me is because I didn't know about anything. I literally had no clue. I thought it was all shameful, all guilt. Like it was all just so much guilt for me in high school that even when people were over sexualizing my body, I had no idea what the fuck they were saying, which I think Mm -hmm. 
I can kind of feel her frustration, even in the scene when she is with the lady on the motorcycle. She's like, well, what even is tossing someone salad? Like, that's just how how I felt. Like, I didn't know. I would laugh because I didn't want to cry. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, oh, ha, ha, ha. You think my ass is a diamond? Like, so funny. Like, ha, 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 ha. But, like, it wasn't funny. And having these two conflicting experiences to me is why I deeply, deeply, deeply loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I, I, I totally yeah, uh- understand where you guys are coming from. Um. With your dislike of the movie, I didn't have a huge production value, didn't have, like, the acting I, I felt was good, but I can understand how it, it would per- be perceived differently. Um, but for me, when I first watched this movie, the way that it made me feel so, so deeply visible was just, it was it was unmatched to any any film I'd yeah. seen before. Well, I, I think... I, um, I think it does... Go ahead, Thank you for sharing, Alan. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say. I, <laughs> You're I think, welcome. <laughs> I think it does, and this is why I liked it. Like, I think it does a good job of highlighting contradiction. Um, because like, I don't know. It's just it, it's yeah, definitely really interesting. Like the part that really stuck out to me or got me is uh that one girl that like was was always like, oh, you'll be forgiven. And then next thing you know, like she looks out the window and she's like hooking up, sucking with a, guy a dick, or like. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And Who, even like by the, the way, uh, she she's also a terrible actress in oh, thirteen yeah. reasons. Yeah, why. She, she really was. <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, like, with the like, my main point that I'll just say now is that like, with the constraints in budget that this was like mm-hmm. dealing with, like, as like it kind of has like a student film vibe. Mm-hmm. I think with the budget that it's given, it has a clear agenda and it has a laser focused story that it wants to tell. Mm-hmm. And it does a pretty decent job of telling I it. Agree. So I don't have any like, well, uh, I think so. co- to Corey, like to Corey's point about the movie and how it feels like a really serious, like drama. And then at times feels like American Pie is how you put it. That is that is certainly my biggest gripe with the film. I think it's very tonally inconsistent and doesn't really achieve either at the end of the day. Like I find I found that if this movie was more of like I just like th- this was considered a comedy, right? Like, That's that, a comedy that was, drama. A comedy yeah, like, drama. I just, well, believe it or I not. just like I maybe I and, and it's certainly possible I just didn't you know, I don't have the life experiences to find the humor. Mm-hmm. I just didn't find it funny well, at all. Like, I just didn't, like, I didn't find it all that funny. The The acting is, like, Corey's already touched on it. I really thought the acting was, was really, really poor. I want to hear, I want to hear Dane's point. Because yeah. I know we talked about this a lot when we were discussing the movie yeah. with each other. Okay. So, yeah, fuck my point. <laughs> Go, get, get into it, Dane. So, I mean, what, uh, Sam, you were just touching on, I... The movie, I think, is very much at a tug of war of whether or not it wants to be a comedy or a drama. Because I I think basically the majority of the movie before the scene in the bar is pretty dead set on being a very almost American Pie-esque comedy in, in the what it's going for. It it's, plays a lot on like visual gags. I mean, with her looking at the, the boys... Uh, very hairy arms like that that's so hairy hairy holy shit. i'm pretty was he on, I, it like, has to it, ha, it had to have been made no they were it was 
Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I actually watched an interview of them talking. It took a couple hours to put it on and a couple hours to remove it. Yeah. Did they really? That's funny. I did think that was the funniest yeah, joke in the I movie. I agree. It was just how hairy his arms were. But even that felt yeah. out of place. I mean, there's no moment like that. In, in so the actually, uh, the one thing I yeah. will mention is when he, when she was first at her computer screen, the picture that was sent to her, the man had a hairy arm. Yeah, they, they do um, focus in on that. But, um, I. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying, like the fantasy kind of that she has is just like an until out of the very moment. final just... like 20 seconds of the film. Yeah. But... Well, and right. and going off like what I was saying is there's all this build up when she goes to the bar. I was like, okay, sh- there's this is going to be the point when we get to understand her more and and just under get more um in in depth development into the relationship between catholicism and sexuality and then it it goes to the her speech at the end which i just thought was very subpar because so underwritten like yes it was it was i thought it was so it was i thought it was a a very (laughs) it it wasn't it wasn't anything like super prolific or anything like that but honestly like my well how could it be with the restraints that she was working with what but that's the thing is like she literally she swears in the thing which is she says shit and obviously that's something that is frowned upon and when when she says it like she the, the momentum's going like i was expecting her to just completely annihilate all the views of the catholic church but instead like it there was just momentum building she says shit and then it's played off as more of a comedic moment where everyone gets right this movie that's a really good point Dan. this movie needed like like a like a like it needed a definitive moment and that was that's what i wanted yeah and 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 it never it never gets i would argue the definitive moment was at least for me as a viewer is when she got into the priest's office and she was like i fucking know what you did i literally know what you did and if you want to come here and challenge me about Right, but I thought I I almost agree with you, except even that interaction then just kind of ends. Like, yeah, yeah. because I see what I. But to me, it's so interesting because I I I listened to the episode where you guys talked about Dead Poet Society and you know all of your reviews on that, and it was a great film. Yada yada yada. Well, I I think I was the one that said it was a great film. Other people weren't super crazy about it. Dane almost went home. I almost went home. I don't blame him. I would have sent him home. But anyways. think it's so interesting to compare the two when you're talking about such a huge religious institution that even if we're talking about spotlight right like what there she has no autonomy she has no ability to go further with anything she's going for and if you're talking about dead poet society he still signed that document he still sat there and he signed that document and then he stood on a desk and you're going to call that profound. Oh, I mean, I think I shat all over the ending of Dead Poets Society on, on this very podcast. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, yeah, they did not yeah. like the ending. Yeah, Corey was, Corey was well, maybe the I'm most just, anti-Dead Poets. But I agree, I agree you with your compare. general point. I'm just asking yeah. you to compare. I mean, it's such a huge institution that she is literally a drop in the pond. She is a drop in the pond and she knows she's that. So what more but for a movie have, what more would you have wanted? At the, at the end, look, I'm curious, at, what look, what could you have seen? I just for a movie about repression, which I think Dead Poet Society is an interesting comparison because they both kind of are about that to an extent. But especially yeah. Yes God Yes is a movie about repression. The the very concept of repression implies like a release at some point there is no moment at some of point but release. do you think we're there yet well i i, I, I mean look i don't like we can talk about think... are we there yet are we not but like like make 
that, that's what film can do. Film can put us there. Or film can imagine can, if we're there. Or film there. can it move can us towards us there, there and, by writing characters or moments that, that do that. And what I will say about this movie, and I know I talked a lot about this with Dane when we were talking about it, is kind of the accessibility of, about it. And I know we talked about accessibility a little earlier with Little Women. Um, but I don't, I don't think this movie is accessible. I would not sit here and argue that this is an accessible film. I think it is. I thought it was pretty accessible. I mean, <laughs> yes, I really that's, that's fair, but you're able to sit here and you're able to talk about your experiences, <laughs> yeah. right? You're talking about that's, your friend yeah. who was in Catholic school and stuff like yeah. that. So I think this movie, for it to hit home with its viewers, it needs to be relatable. It's not and for I the think Jews. That this is. <laughs> Corey felt so left out. I'm just well, Sorry, I go on. have no notes on that. But 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 what I will say is that with our sexual freedom huge... that we experience, us Jews, you know. Well, lucky you. I <laughs> wish I could experience a little bit yeah. of that. But I think this movie, Karen Maine, did what she wanted to do, and for that, I applaud her. Um, the low budget, the fact that it was low budget, the fact that. Maybe she couldn't have brought in the best actors. Maybe it didn't have the best, you know, different whatever films need, you know, whatever producers or, or different companies. Samir, you watched. Did anybody yeah. else watch the short film to this? I as did. Well? Watch I know it. I watched it with Dane, but I'm I'm kind of curious yeah, what you guys it. think because I think a huge understanding of how this movie was greenlit is understanding the short film. So what do you what do you guys think on that? It was like a twelve minute. I thought twelve minute short. Film. I thought the short film was better. Way better, and it. It was it, the short film was everything like it, nothing really even like changes from the short film to the feature adaptation. It just kind of like the short film is just enough. Like it, it does what a short film is meant to do, and then they they add another hour to it yeah. so it can basically do all the same things. Well, and and real quick, and on the short film, like the short film, there's there's no drama to the short film, which I think is where the movie gets stuck in the middle of because the the movie offers some setup to a drama like to this uh realization the build up to the ending and that part gets confused with the comedy in more of the first half whereas the short film is all comedy not and and really emphasizing <laughs> those hypocrisies within the catholic church mm-hmm. and that's definitely what i think the the movie's like strongest suit is is like showing those hypocrisies and um the short film does it better because that's its main focus and the one thing i will say on that note and i remember we had this discussion dane when we were talking about this movie a while ago is that i kind of feel a little bit of a hesitation like i I personally loved the intersection of comedy and drama in this movie. And again, that speaks on my experiences and the fact that I, you know, would go to these camps and they wouldn't talk purely about sex, but, you know, we would pray in a circle and, and the whole talking in front of a crowd about your sad experiences, you, you know. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I've, got, I've yeah. got that experience. Right. I did, the, I so, did that too growing up too, Emily. <laughs> right. So I just think it's this movie is a huge huge example of experience versus not having experience with the movie and i understand you know your points on Corey's points on saying you know a movie needs to have this this and this and i I get that um fully you know what i mean thinking about it critically but for me a movie about female masturbation in the church 
can have nothing else but comedy. It's fucking hilarious, is what it is. He loves that movie. Um, but the last, the last thing I wanted to qu- quickly say, uh, as it relates to like, like, because weirdly enough, the one thing this movie did do was make me think a lot about my own, my own writing. And this is a tip that I'm going to take away from it, and that I, I would impart to you or any listeners at home writing something you're almost always without exception i can think of very few exceptions your main character should be your most interesting character and that to me is one of the most the biggest sins that this movie commits and it's something that i have to remind myself because i i too am a sucker for writing characters that are honestly kind of like myself like kind of like boring shy boring shy kids who eventually come out of their show (laughs) yeah yeah, I mean, that no narcissist. one likes. Who like smells really <laughs> like, bad. But, like I think who, that's like, really common, especially probably among the like, guy on the podcast <laughs> who like shouldn't have won the movie Survivor. Like a character like that, right? Exactly. Corey? No, exactly. You hit it on the head. But that like in this movie, like the I mean, she's kind of the most boring character in the whole movie. Natalia Dyer, like she's she's just inside a shell, and she's and like and she doesn't ever really come out of it by the end, and she doesn't really emote all that much because she's always kind of nervous, and she has like a. My argument is that I think she's most not main given, characters are like that. She's not given the like, space to come out of that. And I understand from a film aspect how that can be frustrating. I would not sit here and argue that she developed much as a character at all. I don't think she did, but to me, that meant so much more than her developing and becoming the sexual creature because she couldn't. She literally couldn't. She had no resources. She had no people in her life, minus this lesbian at a bar, telling her she could do other things. Well, that's the point I wanted to make is that I think you needed to see this big realization or just some dynamicness to her in that bar scene. And I think that bar scene, because I didn't find that bar scene all that good, I, I have this weird, like, the whole thing about going to a West Coast or East Coast college felt really weird to me. I was like, what What about Midwest colleges? Like, why are yeah, we... Yeah, the fact that Whatever. she, I mean, I guess Besides it was 2001, but the fact that she Googled colleges on the East and West Coast, I was like, I feel like we figured out slightly better search terms by 2001. <laughs> yeah, no, but I but I found, I found that bar scene, if there was going to be a, like, a moment of realization of, like, her coming into herself, her, like, you know, like, like emoting, like Corey said, like, I just find her to be essentially a blank canvas for things to happen to her throughout the film, which, which means that people that have lived similar lives might have an easy time, or like, it might be comforting to project them, their experiences onto that character, because she's kind of a blank canvas. I just wish there was a little more like bite to her and, and I, I, I felt like that bar scene yeah that's kind of that's what i was that, dropped the that's ball. something that i, and I found that i found go ahead emily i just found the bite of her character to be in that last scene with the priest and i also do okay. think that the development of her character happened a lot with the friendship she made with that girl who was different than everyone else i think the relationship she made with her they literally talked about eating sushi how much of it more of an innuendo mm-hmm. can you get than that? I'm literally just kidding. Okay. Well, we could get... Dane, what's the other This is what I'm the, talking the about. The final two things I'm going to say. Go ahead, Dane. Well, Emmeline and I, because we are pushing it on, on the discussion on this, but Emmeline and I had a very lengthy, multiple lengthy discussions uh, about... Emmeline thinks that there are gay undertones in this movie, and like, Hey, maybe after the movie she goes to school, she's gay. But she goes to a West Coast or East yeah, Coast college. Um, but for me, 
as the cool kids say, uh, uh, a fellow gay. Um, I got no <laughs> gay undertones from this movie. So <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else on this note? Because I feel like there yeah. were gay undertones. As a resident bisexual of the podcast, I, I could like see it, but not really. I, like, I thought that might be where I was going if, in the whoa. bar with the woman, but okay, um, yeah, I didn't really think about it beyond that one moment. They didn't flesh it out enough for me to yeah, really. Yeah, I didn't pick up any. It. Yeah, see, it, but it, the two it, things okay. I wanted to say. Well, I was if we want to keep it on this, if on we want to talk about well, gay movies, well, what, unless you want to <laughs> real, real quick uh, before well, we get to the gay movie, I have to pee very badly. Okay, Samir, go with your two final points. My two final points that I didn't get to say is that one, I think the title of this thing is super clever. It's like mm. it's a very good title. It's a good title. Favorite titles I've seen. I agree. It's a good title. I think it like like I've I've never seen a title that completely lays out the film's argument, whereas it's like okay about religion and sex, and it's just three words, and it's the title. Mm-hmm. Like that's super smart and concise. Really good. Um, and there's so few titles that do that. I think like. A lot of times, movies just have shitty titles, mm-hmm. and I wish they were titled better. Um, like, for example, not to go off on a larger tangent about this, but, like, the Irishman movie uh, came out. The book that was based on was called I Heard You Paint Houses, which I think such is a good title. so much cooler. It's such a cool so title. So much cooler of a title than The Irishman. Like, it sounds like The Iron Man or something like that. Like, I like I Heard You Paint Houses so much better because that's a title that gets at um, that movie's conflict anyways the second thing i wanted to say um which i'm forgetting now was uh damn it oh totally lost me so the title was good and the second thing is that i like you guys were talking about that big moment at the bar um i don't know like i loved that scene i feel like yeah because like in in real life you don't like i know that movies and like plays and stuff they're different real life you need to see the confrontation but in real life, like, that's just how it happens. Like, mm-hmm. you're at a bar, and then, at least, I know that the performance wasn't great, but I did see in the script that kind of, like, internal reflection where she was like, oh, okay. Because it's just one interaction with one person randomly. That's all it takes for you to, like, change your worldview. Um, and I, I know, like, when you say that, it doesn't seem possible, but I know I've had so many times where just, like, talk to someone random, they'll say something. You, know, you never know what's clicks. It just clicks. Life so, bulb moment. Yeah. So that's that. kind of how I interpreted that. No, I that's fair. Um, Those are good oh, points. Overall, we we'll do star rating. Yeah, for star rating. I give it a. I, I I'm give it a you. three and a half. Oh, uh, sorry. Sorry. So, Based on my experience, this movie is a five to me. Maybe four and a half. Uh no, go with five. Three don't let yeah, us don't, bring yeah. you down. It's a five star. Like, I, I would never let a man listen, bring me down. I I, I told Emmeline. I was like. <laughs> It's like I think Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed is a is a fucking five, but I know uh, that's like the new cinematically. Like, that's like a new speaking, addition to our catalog of weekly references. I feel like that has made its way to an episode every week. Dude, I, I, yeah. Dane, if there's a will, there's could, a way. I could reference that movie. <laughs> Samir hasn't referenced Birdman yet, so we're doing pretty good on yeah, that. Oh, yeah. well, we'll get there. Well, we'll get let there. me just reference. Let me just no, reference no, no. Psych real quick. Oh, well, no, I don't think... Oh, my no, God. I, I was more sure. Did we not reference Midsummer while we were talking about Little Women? I think that... We did. We, did. Well, we, we did. briefly, we, 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 I, we briefly we, we said she was good in okay. Midsummer. That we had, um, you have yeah. to do Florence that. Pugh was good in Midsummer. Amazing. <laughs> the, be, the better um, flower crown slash burning things movie. 
Okay, Corey, what, Corey what's your okay, star so rating on this movie? I give this a, a one and a half. And I, I will keep that one okay. just for, for shine. I Thank you. I appreciate you. I I give this movie a two star rating. I didn't I'll uh, I'll give it a two and a half. Great. Well, thank you for that. That was that was a good discussion. Yeah. I really I really did enjoy that. that um, yeah, I mean we we touched on the gay a little bit, Emmeline, but I the gay. I, I love touching yeah, on the gay. A little We uh, that's all we do here. That's all. Uh, <laughs> just that's, touch that's on, all. The gay. on the gay. Touch on the gay. Uh, well, speaking of gay movies, uh, what good segue, isn't it? So, the next movie we will be talking about is Water Lilies. It's a 2007 movie directed by Celine Sciamma. Um, and it, I looked it up, it's her second, it was her second, like, major film, um. Oh, I thought this was her first. It was her first, like, major film, but she, she had worked on first stuff feature. before. Um, okay. First, maybe. Wow. I don't even, I, I honestly don't really have any notes to start on this one. Um, just because this movie was, was beautiful, in my opinion. So, if anyone one wants to take the discussion away from here, I'm all ears. Uh, yeah, I really, really liked Water Lilies, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few minor things that I, I did have some grievances with, but I, all around, completely, one, related to the movie, but also just thought it was a well-made movie, I mean, if we're comparing it to, like, Yes, God, Yes, like, very much a low-budget movie, similar runtimes, I think mm-hmm. Water Lilies does much more with what it's trying to say. Um, Has some, like, sweet, funny, tender moments in there. And I loved the... A lot of the shots in the movie, a lot of the shots of underwater and of, like, the synchronized swimmers, I just was obsessed with. So yeah, I I was a big fan of Water Lilies. So the one question I I did have about this is not not necessarily a question, but I know a lot of our a lot of you guys have watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire, also directed by Celine Sciamma, also featuring Adele. I don't know how to pronounce her last name because I don't know how to speak French. But I think it's like Anna. Um, I think it's the H is hun- uh, uh, Yeah, I again I speak but, German. Don't worry. So <laughs> yeah, really. let's hear some. But no, let's I'm some I'm German. curious because. Uh, hello, ich habe, I don't know. Say no. what you like about water lilies in German. <laughs> Guten Tag, hello. Oh, that was that's so basic. Whatever. But anyways, no, I am curious because I know, <laughs> and I know this is going to be brought up anyways, but I know our good friend Corey here has met Celine Sciamma. And, and so a Adele. Little, um, and Adele. Oh my God. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to hear, I kind of want to hear Corey's Corey's kind of the superstar of the episode. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a little curious why you gave why you didn't love this movie maybe as much or you thought it was a very like middle movie for you i'm, I'm curious Corey, what you have to say no i i will i'll start by saying water Lilies is definitely my favorite of the three movies tonight um yeah i i, I um i wasn't passionate about it by any means i honestly wasn't all too passionate about portrait of a lady on fire um on i know you and were. i'll say this about i'll say this about celine skiyama celine skiyama uh well I'll, I'll for the for background really quick yeah like i um, I got to see Portal Day on Fire when it uh, debuted oh. at Telluride oh. in 2019. I know. Um, <laughs> That's pretty and, cool. Uh, Can I be you? Celine Skiama <laughs> and I saw. So I I got to go to a Q and A with Celine Skiama and uh, Adele Anel, who I thought were together at the time, but it, I actually was reading that they had they had just split after Portal Lady on Fire wrapped, um, but they remained close and cordial. And um, 
still did press for the movie together and stuff. Um, so they they were together for for while the movie was shooting and for a while before it. Um, and it, it was it was just really interesting. I mean, she was like she was really insightful and had a, a lot of good stuff to say. But I'll say this about her as a director. Uh, I do find her movies like a. Um, I mean, I hate to say say like slow because I'm someone who can say it, Corey. Say it, say I, I can it. definitely say, say it, Corey. Well, no, because I can I can tolerate slow movies. Like I. I'm, I'm with you, you on I, I, Let me just say, you have support. I love full, slow movies, but love. I do think that her movies kind of do test your patience in that she doesn't really let her characters emote, and they do a lot of like kind of staring at one another and it kind of like bullshit. And like, look, I get it's it is her movies. Speak, <laughs> full throttle, Corey. Go if, ahead. If the theme of the night is repression, I mean, her movies are very much about like repressed feelings and and repressed love, and in that sense, what I'm describing yeah. makes a lot of sense. But it does become a little grating, I think, at times. With that being said, I could I said this about Portrait of Lady on Fire, and it's definitely true about Water Lilies. Individual shots and individual lines of dialogue in her movies will always stand out as some of the most beautiful and profound I've ever seen or heard. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. think her movies come together. The ceiling dialogue. The ceiling. The ceiling. Oh, the ceiling. I was going to say dialogue might be the, the ceiling might be dialogue the most will stick with me for the rest of my life. It, it really. That was the most profound line in a movie I think I've ever heard. I was just like, I had to pause. I was so blown away. By right. That, and that line, I was like, that was so cool. right. And it, and like and yet it was it was still that. what I, what I loved about that line especially is not just that it was profound and cool, but that it was like it was still written in a way where I was like, yeah, I could imagine young kids saying, saying this that. and thinking about yeah. these things. Whereas Yes, God, Yes, not a line of that felt believable. I felt like so much of this <laughs> felt very real in a, in a way that was still profound. Like it, it knew how to strike that balance. She did something very similar with Portrait of a Lady on Fire where there were just individual moments and lines where I was like just blown away by it. Again, the movies I, don't come wait, together I, for I, me I, completely. I forgot but... the ceiling dialogue. What was it again? So it the ceiling dialogue. Night- you go, you go, Sam. You go. No, you go. No, no, you go, Evelyn. <laughs> so the ceiling dialogue is... Um, yeah, like we're like, oh, the ceiling dialogue, like, as if it's just like this like, no. classic so moment. Florian, oh, the ceiling dialogue. <laughs> so Florian, who is the older character in this film, um, and Marie, who's the younger character, and I think their power complex is definitely something that is to be that needs to be understood. Um, they were laying in one of the... I think it was, it was, um, it was Florian's bed. bed. They were yeah. laying in Florian's bed. And Florian said that almost every single person when they die see the ceiling right before they die, and that's what they see. Um, and I just, I, I the, just, yeah. The direct line was they wait. die with ceilings in their eyes. Well, I think it was like, like because like, it was like you look di- like when you die, whatever's right above you when is you what die, you, you die. Yeah, when you die, you have like that final, th- the final thing you see engraved in your eyes, like it's the final like image you see. So then she says, 90% of people die mm-hmm. with ceilings in their eyes. Yep. Which is so cool. It is and cool. So and so profound. I, and I, it's so profound. And I think that their relationship in the movie is beautiful. It is, it is, for me, it was absolutely breathtaking. I think the one scene that I particularly come back to every single time is when Florianne was about to hook up with this guy and instead she leaves with Marie and they go sit like near the water towers and they have this conversation about, oh, like, don't men just always come on to you? Like, don't they always just force themselves onto you? And Marie was kind of looking at her like, well, wh- well, what do you mean? That doesn't happen to me. And, and Adele, and not Adele, her name's Adele in real life, but Florian's like, well, that's just life. And I'm just like, yup, that, 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 that really is just life. That is just life for 
for a woman coming of age in, in this tale. And I think that she portrayed that so beautifully. Um, like one of my favorite shots in the movie is when they're laying in, uh, what's her name? Flor, Flor, Florian's bed. And it's the part when Marie is, uh, popping her yes. cherry. And spoiler, like, yeah, a spoiler. Hymens are broken yes, in this movie. There, there's <laughs> that, that, the, the clo- points very, were made. Hymens were broken. Yes. <laughs> The very intimate shot of Marie just like staring at Florianne throughout the whole the thing. Tier. I I thought that single was e- an excellent scene in just kind of conveying like what Marie was feeling in that and without even using any dialogue. And also, I am a, a firm believer that this movie blows "Call Me by Your Name" out of the water. I I yep. think yep, yep, yep. it does a much has a much okay well we don't have to go there Dane. well I, i'm i'm I'll not a there. big fan of call me by your name oh, but okay. i just think that water lilies does... it's even got the age oh, i think i feel too, like i, I feel like the army hammer revelations have uh finally let the oh call my by your god name we can't wa- say you know, that wash oh, okay. we, i think yeah, i think what? we can can't can we not i so i know I, we can just, <laughs> that's a different, that's a different debate that's a different debate. allegedly <laughs> allegedly so samir i, I know it, i know you've yeah, watched sure. both Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Water Lilies. I'm kind of curious what right. your takes on Water Lilies were. So, I actually feel kind of the opposite of Dane. Um, and I agree with Corey on this one in the sense that I saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire first. And the thing with Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, I felt the same thing. Like, I felt that he was kind of slow. And maybe that's just, like, I'm not, like, um, like you Smart. know, the perfect audience for a Celine Sciamma movie. But... The thing with Portrait of a Lady on Fire that blew me away was the imagery, like the shots and like the kind of like the islandness. And I I felt the interiority of that movie, like this like crazy tumultuous sea crashing at bay. And like, I just just loved it. Like how like, like how rich, like every frame was Um, in this movie. Like, I I really like the underwater shots, like if we're just talking about exteriors. But outside of that, like, I was kind of like, mm, like, I like the exterior of Portrait of a Lady on Fire um, um, more. And, co- well, now coming to the, like, content and, like, the meat of this movie, mm-hmm. like, I think that at at too many, like, I, I enjoyed what it was going for. And I, I enjoyed those moments because that's where I do disagree with you, Corey, as well. And that, like, I, I could feel that they were emoting. Um, yeah, I just want to I, 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 I just want to really briefly clarify that I don't mean to say that they they have straight faces this entire movie, just just that um again it it, te- it does test your patience, which I think we all sort of acknowledged in that yeah, in that they're yeah, not like they don't uh, just hand which I'm not saying that's even a bad thing. I just it, it's something I have found um has it's so French. It is it is very French, <laughs> mommy. Like they're it so is very mommy. French. What what, <laughs> what I think is like so like the best. Thing I've ever seen do this is the Sopranos, wherever they'll cut. To oh my god! Movies. God and damn it, Samir! Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I can tolerate quiet and slow. Oh, and on the score, actually, that's another thing I wanted to say is that I. This is something that Celine Sciamma did really well in Portrait of Lady on Fire. Is she used? She has an incredible restraint as a director. Like, like mm-hmm. um, yeah. some movies just decide that they have to play their score all the fucking time mm-hmm. because, like, that's the like music is the only way they know how to make you feel emotion. But and, and you know I've given this rant a bunch on this podcast, but 
I love movies like this that are so restrained and using their score and know when to introduce it. And they only introduce it when they, when it's absolutely necessary. And I feel like she does a really good job of that. Yeah. Um, um, but kind of to your point, Simmer, really quick, because, and I, I, I feel like I, I said this thing about emoting and everybody kind of pounced on it. My favorite scene in this movie, like a little kitty cat. <laughs> no, my favorite scene in this movie um, is when and yeah, it's, the, it's one of the most emotive moments. It's when uh, uh, Marie and what's her friend um, Anna, right? When they're um, when they're doing that thing with the water bottle, oh, where they're that, drinking I it love that scene. and just and just squishing oh, it onto each other's that. mouths and all so over good. each other, like. That w- Me and Dan are gonna do that. I lo- I hope you do. Oh, and please record guys, it. We'll post that we'll, to the Please Twitter record it. And we'll, we'll tweet it out to uh to promote this episode. But yeah, I mean, like that moment was <laughs> to me was like such a such a thing that you would do as a kid, like something so stupid and nonsensical that makes no fucking sense, but it is expressing some kind of like like sexual or just some kind of repressed feeling that you're not really even yeah. sure what it is. Like it, it's it's. I think it, it was the best moment in the movie in terms of uh supporting what the movie is trying to say. Yeah, I, and I think another yeah. interesting moment, or an an interesting theme of the movie, is kind of the intersection between being mature and also being immature. And I think that's also what mm, Yes God the yes McDonald's scene does decently well. Is that I think that playing on being young but also trying to grow up super old. I think me and Dane talked about the the scene in the fast food restaurant where she's just like, "Fuck you! I don't want to be a friend anymore. You're too childish." And I just think those. Those notes of the new, those notes of the film were super nuanced. Yeah, and, I love, I love that part. Well, I think, talk. Well, so one of my favorite parts, because like this is like we talked about. This is this is definitely like a coming of age, like a very tradition. Well, not very traditional, but this is, you know, through and through a coming of age story. And one of my favorite parts of this genre, it's my it's my favorite genre of movie in general, is that you feel like the story is just starting for a lot of these characters. Like, yeah, the narrative structure is tied up within this own movie, but part of the reason why, you know, I love this movie in general is because I love the genre in general is that like, I felt like Uh, it gave our resident romance. I know, I know, I know. Well, (laughs) like, I just love the idea of like, I think all of these characters have interesting stories Mm -hmm. past this Mm -hmm. movie. Like I think Florian's, like dynamic of you know the repressed sexuality she has and like her need to be validated by men that will warrant like interesting like you know albeit probably tragic and and sad undertones but like i think her her story will be interesting for the rest of her life like i think this movie exists outside of the movie if that makes sense which i which i always find really um really fun to watch and i think this movie did that really well i thought i felt like it didn't and like some coming of age stories just kind of want to like and then they all figured out their lives Mm -hmm. and they lived happily ever after like the spectacular now yeah yeah like ladybird kind of has that but like the spectacular now has Mm -hmm. that like i know sam and i i think we're in that movie too well actually i was thinking about i actually don't (laughs) like it as much now because i think it it did wrap it up too nicely in a bow and like for being like a lesbian 16 year old like your life is not going to be wrapped up in a bow by the age of being 16 and i think this movie 
Like I think this I don't movie know. does Speaking a good of that, job. that topic, I'm I'm still dying to know whether or not uh, Natalia Dyer's character went to a college on the East or West Coast. <laughs> I, I will I will never get over up. that. I <laughs> shut up, Corey. That's, but what I do want to say real quick is this a point that can I wanted I, to wait, get Can to I just office. like bounce off of what Sam was saying? But I just want to talk about so like the ending. I really really like the ending. Um, I believe her friend's name you said is Anna. Um, I do. I think it's. And I yeah. I do wish there might have been a, a a little more to her character in some scenes, just like maybe like one or two little things thrown in. But overall, I thought the ending was awesome for exactly what Sam was saying. Is in the end, these these two friends are on very two different paths of self realization, and in the end, they realize that they find comfort in each other. And just the the final shot of Marie like looking up into the camera as they're um in the in, pool. in the pool like yeah it it, yeah. it made me think like okay they don't have their lives figured out but they have a clue they, they have, they have they have a clue now they they have learned just enough about themselves that things might be slightly easier going forward so the- quick shot go ahead so when I first watched this movie, I watched it in my intro to film class um, with my professor, Jeffrey Heinzel, and he is the one who got us this movie. So just quick shout out. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, yeah, come yeah. Can I say, um, I want to, I just want to comment on that really quickly. I feel like we have to apologize to our listeners because usually the movies we ha- we talk about, no matter how obscure, you can actually we watch. Have, there's at least some <laughs> avenue to find it. We've literally discovered a movie that you will not. I promise you, listeners, you just cannot watch this unless. Un- <laughs> you, so you'll just you'll just have to trust our. Unless room. you yeah. want to buy it for like ninety dollars on Amazon, right. but yeah, but it is a very. I will say, actually- watching it on Panopto came in handy because uh, just as like a thought experiment for a very brief second, uh, because you can do this on Panopto since it's primarily for watching lectures. Um, I just wanted to see what this movie would be like if I sped it up to one point two five. Sped up. I did it too. So I, I just did, did it for too. a brief second, and I gotta say, I think it's a slightly better movie. It moves at one point two five. At two, this movie, that would be the ultimate hipster. Yeah. The, ulti- the ultimate hipster take would be like, oh, if you watch Water Lilies, if you know if you put it on one point five x speed, it's actually fucking fire. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you like the ultimate all those YouTube take. comments that are like 1.5x speed thank me <laughs> yeah. later and stuff like yeah. just commenting that like, <laughs> water lilies 1.5x speed thank me later yeah, no, I'm, I say that in jest Emeline like obviously yeah. Yeah. but I just thought it was no, it was funny because sure. we watched it on Panopto so like you could tell I know do that. I mean it, it- I, I can't believe we did that. I will. That's like a memory I'll always cherish. Is that we f- we watched a full length French film Panopto. on Panapto because Emmeline like annoyed I want, her teacher I mean, I enough just, to get to get it, this. It had movie. a lot more connections to Yes God Yes, and I feel like if we mm. would have talked about just a portrait of a lady on fire, which was our different option, Yes God Yes would have been drowned out of our conversation because that relates. Since it's a time piece, it's a period piece. It would have related a lot more to Little Women. So. That was kind yeah. of my, 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 but anyways, what I was, what I was trying to say is that when I first watched this movie, a lot of the murky parts for me was I didn't understand. The first time that Marie slept over Florian's house, I thought they were with each other. Like I thought they had they at thought. least kissed, right? You know what I mean? So uh-huh. I think it's interesting because I watched it again for this episode and watching it back and seeing them kiss in the bathroom as one of the like close to final scenes was so powerful um, she literally fixed up her makeup and then went out and 
fuck like made out with this guy. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. um, that was just beautiful for me. Well, also. it's actually funny you bring that up because I deeply related to this movie. And this is where we're going to this is the Dr. Phil portion of the podcast where <laughs> I talk about my experience. So it, oh, we love that. in high school. I'm I'm big gay, you know, and I'm on the swim team. <laughs> not little gay, just big gay. Yeah, um, not little women, big yeah, gay. Not the, that, that's the, gonna, yeah, the opposite. That'll of be the, the movie. title of my memoir whenever I get older. Um, but <laughs> little women and big. But gay. like I had, Emline knows this. I had a very very similar experience to what Marie goes through in this movie. And Emline, what you just said about like staying at this person's house and then nothing happening. Like that's that's something that it happened to me to a T, and that like whenever I, I was watching this movie, I was just like, "Man, this is triggering." I'm about to start hyperventilating and like vomiting all over the place. Like it's bringing back past anxieties. But yeah, that's why I connected to it. So like, there's so many things in the movie that I think were done very well, and I guess you could even relate that to the yes god yes thing with it being like more of a your personal relationship with the movie because mm-hmm. i mean i would say probably about like 75 percent of this movie i was like shit that i minus the lesbian uh, part my, minus yeah minus that she's a, a woman yeah i, I think my my the, the last point i do want to make on water lilies and just kind of Celine scam entire filmography does kind of relate to exactly what you're saying dane like um like to to quote uh you know bong joon ho from uh the you know the oscars last year like if americans okay. i think it was at the oscars he said it like if americans could just you know he get did. past he the did. barrier of subtitles you can open yep. yourself up to a whole new world of film like i think in america especially and don't get me wrong there's still a lot of progress that needs to be made on this front but we yeah. complain a lot about like a lack of representation in in cinema uh particularly i think like in, in the romance and coming of age genre, genre, there's a huge lack of American films uh, about the LGBTQIA community. Uh, and again, there's, clearly we, there's still a lot of work to Plus, be done there. But yeah. I mean, Celine Scalma is a director who has dedicated her entire career to making films about like young women uh, and then mm-hmm. like their like their and their like what it means to be like a, a young woman and, and come to terms with your sexuality and mm-hmm. typically as a lesbian. Um, and just, just like, you know, like she's dealing with topics that very few American films deal with. And it's, it's really admirable that, that her, her kind of project is to take that, take that up. Uh, and I hope, I mean, she, I think Portrait of Lady on Fire did obviously expose her to a pretty wide American audience. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, my sister loves Waterloo. It's like her all time favorite movie. Uh, wow. and she also raves about, uh, girlhood and tomboys. So I got to check those out yeah. as well. On my list. On my yeah. list. Yeah. I got to well, watch and, Tomboy. I really and I also say like. <laughs> If like this is definitely like a a top three gay movie, like it 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 re- coming of age gay coming me. of age movie, but it for me like it it captured the just anxiety and repression of emotions so well, and I honestly better than any other movie that I've I've seen deal with issues like this. So yeah, I I was pretty floored by it. Emma, 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 yeah, onto a rating. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Dave? Uh, I, I'll, I'll just give my rating. So, um, my, my only gripe was I wish maybe a little bit of Anne. There was a little bit more, uh, 
more scenes with Anne, but overall I would give it a a, a four and a half out of out of five. I thought it was a more than solid movie. I thought it was excellent. Corey. <laughs> you know, I will say throughout this conversation I was tempted to bump my rating up just a little bit. Um, but I'm gonna did I'm gonna we, stay we... I'm gonna stay put. I I oh, give it a th- you know that Corey never shocker. yeah Corey He's never so actually <laughs> Corey actually Corey never actually cares what we have to say. He just oh you're so oh, annoying. You caught me. Damn. Give the three star and you leave. figured me out. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I give it a, th- a three out of five. It's I think it's again a very solid film, uh, and even one that I admire a lot about. But I just kind of had too many gripes and I had too many difficulties watching it to to really um, bump it up too much further than that. Uh, I will give it. Oh, oh I forgot Samir. about Sam. <laughs> oh my god, I hate Emily. Why do we I'm even have her bit. as a guest? Oh my god. <laughs> I I would give it a four stars. I thought this was a great movie. I was I was a big big fan. Uh, well, the discussion did bump me up. Um, good man. To a three. Good man. But <laughs> but it did bump me up. So to what three? I I think it's a solid movie. Oh, to three. Um, yeah, yeah, to a three. Yeah. Nice, but That's yeah, I, I guess I just had like it was just too slow for my taste. That's the only thing I can say yeah. about it, really. That's fair. Cool. Um, for me, look at us. Yeah, I was gonna say. Our, oh, oh yeah, Emmeline. Let's let's get like uh, your final thoughts on Water Lilies. Yeah. Well, she yeah. had to give her rating. Oh dumb, yeah, dumb. Well, uh, I was I was gonna close it out. I was gonna dumb, close it out. That's okay with you guys. I'll, I'll, you are. I'll dumb, clap dumb. your cheeks. She's not letting that one go. <laughs> Um, no for me (laughs) yes so for me i would definitely say this movie's like a four out of five or no four and a half out of five um with little women probably being my favorite of the three that we watched um i just i think it really touched on the notes of female sexuality super appropriately and in a very beautiful way um but I do just really want to thank you guys for having me on here. I being oh. the first guest really just gives me such such maybe a little bit too such an much. ego boost. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I know. maybe God, maybe too much. Perhaps it's the, it, it could this. be the first of many. Who knows? First of many. I'm I'm hoping. I mean, I love I love talking to you guys about movies and. I talk to Dane all the time about movies. Unfortunate for him. Um, it, it yeah. typically but, ends with yeah, us just like arguing in circles about what we. Yeah, the, the, the listeners should know that. Listeners like, should know is... that I argue with Emmeline every single week about movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not like uh, we've we just started this. We yeah, you've kind of been like the silent fifth member all along. Week. I feel like you and TJ both. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, whatever, like especially on Letterbox, whatever we're watching for the week, I like you'll usually mm-hmm. see you and you and TJ also log because Dane's watching it with you guys. So it was only a matter of time. I love, I mean, I love being included. I love films. I love movies. I love you guys. So it has really been an honor to be on here. I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. I, I really do appreciate it. Thanks for clarifying. You better have liked wait, it. No, wait, but honestly. But Sam, I believe in speaking of guests, we have a little bit of housekeeping to take care of before we close out. Right? Real, oh, do we? Is there, is there a final point, Emily, you want to make no, before I just, we get into housekeeping? Just the final point is after watching Mommy, there, that soundtrack is the only thing I can listen to. <laughs> yes. And yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> the soundtrack is incredible. It puts me to bed almost it's every incredible. single night. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Literally. Okay. Well, Emmeline, we love you dearly. And I think this episode has proven that guest stars are a must for future episodes. And in mm. keeping with that theme, we started a challenge last week 
uh, for whoever left the best uh, review for our podcast would be featured as a special guest on an upcoming episode. There were several <laughs> reviews. There were two. One was <laughs> Dane and one was someone else. But I would just like to read this great review that someone gave that said, trying to get Sam to read this wide eye emoji, wide eye emoji. It's from pro Italian Nalian. So he is pro Italy. Which is a which is a juxtaposition for one of the current uh members. Not to name names. So yeah, not to name names. We won't really air dirty laundry here. Jim But that laundry. that would that would probably give us some fun discussion points in the future. And pro Italian Nalian oh, writes That's such a he, funny name. Oh he's so God. I love John. He's so funny. I'm, he I'm wrote this podcast. So. Oh, nice. oh, I'm so jealous. He wrote this podcast is like call her daddy, but it's my homies who I call daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll work. So, we can workshop with John what the what his guest spot should look like. But honestly, like an, an all Italian or like all gangster movie kind of episode Ooh, could be pretty. Um, fun. That would be oh, funny. He 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 really Dane, likes. Dane uh, isn't liking he, that. He loves mob well, movies. Yeah, Honestly, I, I mean, John's one of the people he that kind of like introduced me to you guys. I he was well shoe horning, shoe horning, shoe uh, fuck it. Um, are so <laughs> we're all Shoes. we're in the same fraternity, and the first person um that I had talked to in for this fraternity was John Nallian. So there we wow, there we go. same here, Dave. John is. John, John and I joined smarter than everyone yeah. on this we, we, show. He would yeah. he would actually have it's so many more cooler. good points. Could, that, yeah, he's infinitely cooler than us. Well, as well I'm here now, so. so give me give me. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Besides Emily, besides Emily, John's also just infinitely smarter <laughs> than all of us. So like, we will just uh, yeah. yeah. I, his tweets, even though they're very like satirical at times, I they go right over my head half the time. <laughs> I have no idea what he's talking about ever. So uh, I, I love PhDs it. PhDs in semiotics at Pitt have to dissect those tweets. Like, what is like layers, layers? Like let's peel back. Yeah. What is he trying to say? What's the iron? So iron? yeah, I would love to hear so John's take episode... on the all-time great adaptation of the novel The Godfather, as well as uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some other, some other and how it relates to Little Women. <laughs> um. <laughs> So that is something on the future docket, but I think I speak for all of us and we're very happy that we got Emmeline on the show. Mm, uh, this are. was yep. a fantastic episode. She gave us some great insights into three of her favorite movies. We just want to say thank you uh, by, thank you know, you, blowing Emmeline. a kiss maybe to Emmeline and saying thank you. We love you. Thanks thank for you for coming on guys. the show. Thank you, yes. <laughs> So for us, for Mediocre Bros and the wonderful uh, non-mediocre film girl, Emmeline, <laughs> uh, this is It's All Film and Games. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>